Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. And I want to ask you, if you would, to turn with me over to Luke chapter 5. As I've been praying about this day and going back through the history and looking at all God has done here, um, it's really blown my mind that we have the privilege of actually standing here today. And as I think about our amazing history and I think about what God has done here, there's one verse that I think is important for us right here today, and then we're going to focus on another story in the Bible, uh, not story in the Bible, the truth of the Bible, of something that is important and relevant to us today. In Luke chapter 5, just one verse, it's actually a very short verse and has less than 10 words in it. Jesus is walking with his disciples, he spent time with them, and then it's, it's kind of odd to me that it's just in the middle of this conversation, in verse... Five of, of Luke, I'm sorry, it's Luke 17, verse 5. In Luke 17, verse 5, the disciples just give us this one sentence here as they're walking with Jesus, and this is it. The apostle said to the Lord, Luke 17, 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now think of the faith. I, I, I wanted to read the list of all of the pastors that have served in this place, and There are a lot of you that have served here this morning on pastoral staff as associates, youth pastors, worship ministers, and and on and on and on and so forth. And you all have been a part of the building up of the faith of the people of Whitechapel Church. And we think about how God led us from that original Whitechapel Church into this place that we are a part of right now. And it has been an amazing faith legacy for us. And think about the disciples who have been with Jesus up to this point and all that the disciples have seen. So we're not at the beginning of Luke. In Luke chapter 3 and 4, when Jesus begins his ministry, we're here in Luke 17. And so the disciples have had a lot of journey with Jesus. They've seen people healed. They've seen people raised from the dead. They have seen the miracles of God. And then in a journey with Jesus, they say, Lord, increase our faith. If there was anything significant about the time that they had with Jesus. I believe it was this one sentence where they said, Lord, increase our faith. So what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Whitechapel and Warner Christian Academy, we have an amazing faith legacy for the past decades of this place. And this place, I would say, has pleased God because there has been some amazing faith stories told. And I hope that as we have lunch in just a few minutes, several minutes, give me a bit, as we have lunch in several minutes, we will be able to tell these amazing faith stories of what God has done here. 
But the author of Hebrews says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is our legacy as a part of this ministry. And my prayer for us today and going forward is that we cry out in the way that the disciples did, Lord, increase our faith. You know, I am so committed to the dreams that God has for us, and I know that each of you are as well. I don't want to live on the dreams that God had in the past. I want to live on the dreams that God has for us today. And the way that we see these dreams fulfilled is when we ask God to increase our faith so that we move forward not in our own gifts, not in our own abilities, not in our own finances, and not in our own dreams, but instead in the dreams that He actually has for us. So where can we find an amazing faith story in the Scriptures? You don't have to turn there. I'm going to talk a lot about it, but it's in Numbers 13 and Numbers 14. In this passage of Scripture, I encourage you to go and read this later on. In this passage of Scripture, there is a battle of faith that's taking place. Moses had led the Israelites out of the slavery of Egypt. They had gone through the captivity from Pharaoh. They wanted out of the captivity. They cried out to God. God delivered him. We, we could tell the story of how God had worked through this. And Moses actually went to Pharaoh. He said, I, you have to let the children go. You've got to let them out of here. They were able to let go. Pharaoh changed his mind. They saw the miracles of God in parting the Red Sea. They got across on dry ground. The uh, Pharaoh's armies were swallowed up by the sea where the walls of the water came back. They saw some amazing things. And you know what? Those were all things to actually build their faith, to increase their faith. We can tell the stories here from Whitechapel Church of those things, the miracles that God has done and how he's provided land, how he's provided finances. There have been people miraculously healed, people who have some amazing life transformation stories, all things that could build our faith. But finally here in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, they get to this land, it's actually called Kadesh, the edge of what would be the promised land. Now this is finally the fulfillment of God's promise that started all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. That I'm going to give you, my people, if you'll follow me, I'm going to give you this land. And so Moses says, I'm going to send out some spies into the land. I'm going to give 12 people. I want each from every section of you to go out into the land, and I want you to bring a report back to us. And I can imagine what was going through Moses' mind at this moment. Moses wanted them to come back and tell all about the amazing part of this promised land. Because from Moses' life and how God had placed him right where he needed to be so that he could have favor with Pharaoh to finally get God's people to the edge of the promised land where they're ready to go and so where God would deliver this land to them. Imagine in Moses' mind, he was thinking, man, I can't wait to hear these 12 stories coming back from the promised land of this land that God had promised for us. Not Pharaoh had promised. Not any other leader had promised. Nobody on earth had promised this. God said, I have this area just for you. They send out the 12 spies. If you've been a part of Sunday school, you know this story. We sang the song, 10 were bad and 2 were good. 10 brought back these 
horrible reports about the people who were giants and they were going to devour us. And they would never, we would never be able to go into this land. But God promised the land. And then the two gave the reports and said, we must go up at once. You know what happened in this vision moment for God's actually people? They failed to see with eyes of faith. Let me give you a couple of scriptures of this. Numbers 13, 27 and 28 says, it was a magnificent land. So this is the report. But, but, and it was that but that destroyed the faith that God wanted to build up inside of his people. It was a magnificent land, but the people living there are powerful and their cities are fortified, and they're large. What's more, we saw Anakim, giants there. And then in Numbers 13, 31 and 32, the other spies said, they will crush us. So the majority report of the spies was negative. Only two of the spies had faith. Only two of the spies said, no, God promised us that land, and we have to go immediately. Joshua and Caleb came back, and you know the report that they actually gave? They said these words, God is with us. Whitechapel Church and Warner Christian Academy, for decades, God has been with us. We can hear story after story today of faith-building stories of what God has done in these walls and those walls and the old White Chapel Church and in a chicken coop and in garage apartments of how God has built the faith of the people. And then we get to this moment today and I say to us as a ministry, it's as if we are standing on the edge of the promised land the way that they were in Numbers 13 and 14. And this is a stake in the ground moment for us. Are we going to live on the past decades or are we going to march forward and take hold of what God has for us? Are we going to live the way the 10 spies were and say, oh, it's so hard. Finances are so hard right now. We're not able to do this or we're not able to do that or this and that and the other. It's just so hard and we can't do that because if we do that, it's going to kill us. Or are we going to stand as Joshua and Caleb stood and said, God is with us. Listen, we are a people who stand upon the faith shoulders of those who've come before us. But it's time for us to climb off of those shoulders and stand in our own faith and cry out as the disciples did in Luke 17 verse 5 and say, Lord, increase my faith. Give us the millions of dollars to build the facilities, to pour into the lives of young people. Give us the land the way that you've done it in the past. Let us take hold of that which you desire for us because we know that God is with us. And when Joshua and Caleb were speaking these words against the ten who were many, many more than they were, just the two, I can just see what was, I could just see Moses standing there and wonder what was going through his mind when he's thinking, man, God promised us this land. God gave us this land. Now we have to decide, are we going or are we not going to go? There were a lot of naysayers. There were a lot of fearful people. There were a lot of negative people. There were a lot of fretful people. There were negative attitudes, and negative attitudes are contagious. But look, but look 
what they did in Numbers 14. Verse 1 and 2 tell us, Then all the people began weeping aloud, and they carried on all night. Not listening that God was with them. Not celebrating the past of where God had led them. Not going back and saying, you know what? God did this, and God did this, and God did this. So we know that God is with us. Instead, they began weeping aloud, and they carried on all night. You know why it's important for us to celebrate our history? Because if we forget about our history of faith, then the enemy wants us to weep all night long and carry on saying, we can't do that. There's no way that we could ever take a step forward in where God is dreaming for us as a congregation. But can you imagine where we would be if those who came before us cried and wept all night long and said, nope, we can't do it. We may as well just stay right here in this chicken coop. We may as well stay right here in this old white chapel. We may as well stay right here in this old Berkowitz chapel. We may as well just stay right where we're at, stop dreaming, we're where we are, we're never going to go forward. But I believe that God wants to stir inside of us a faith that is so contagious that it will change this entire community. We were birthed as a church because one lady said, there is a group of boys, a group of children in this community that need Jesus Christ. And so I don't have all the means. I don't have a place. I'm going to step out and I'm just going to start a Sunday school. What if she had said, no, let's go bust the kids to go to downtown Daytona where all of the big churches were because that's what they did in that day. But no, She said, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith because I know that you are with us. Listen, we have a God, and our God is with us so that we don't live off of the past. We celebrate the past. We celebrate the faith of those who came before us. We rejoice that they did the things that they did through their faith. But now I want us to operate in our faith so that we could enter the land that God has ordained for all of us. I believe that God is calling us to be a people of faith, and he is looking for people that will cry out to him, as the disciples did, Lord, increase our faith. So, God, God is waiting on us. He's he's waiting on us. The thing that I love about God is he's an amazing, perfect gentleman. He's not going to step on your toes unless you're willing to allow him to do that. Now, there are times that he gets a hold of us in certain ways, and I'm not denying that that's how God moves sometimes. But when it comes to our faith, God's waiting on you. Just in the same way that here he was waiting for his children who for decades and decades and decades and decades, they had heard about the promised land. Their ancestors had told them story after story of the promise that God had given all the way back to Abraham. And now, here they stood on the edge of it. God is waiting for us in the way that he waited on his children back then to say, God, I'll go. God, I'll do. God, I'll give. God, I'll be who you want me to be. God, I'll, whatever it is, use me. And that is the first act of faith 
that God is waiting for from every single one of us. Let me give you a passage of scripture from the book of Mark. Mark 11, verse 22, 23, and 24. Jesus said, have faith in God. Now notice here, as Jesus is teaching, he's not saying, I want you to have faith in this. I don't want you to have faith in that. He's, he's not talking about some physical things down here on the earth. The physical is a product of the spoken word of God. God spoke the physical into existence. And what Jesus is really saying here, if we were to flesh this out and look at the entirety of what Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm not wanting you to place your faith in the physical. Instead, he says, I want you to have faith in God. If you have faith in God and you don't doubt, you could tell this mountain to get up and jump into the sea, and it would. Whatever you ask for in prayer will be yours if you only have faith. Now listen, I believe Jesus wholeheartedly. I believe that if there is a man who comes and walks on the earth and says he's going to be crucified, and then he's going to come back to life in three days, and then he's going to ascend back to the Father, if anybody does that, we better listen to that person. And only one person has done that, and that's Jesus. And Jesus said, if you have faith enough to tell the mountain to go jump into the sea, it'll do it. Now, either Jesus was a liar, or this isn't true. He said, if you only have faith in who? In God. Listen, this is the teaching of Jesus that the disciples heard, and then later they cried out, Lord, increase our faith. Our cry has to be, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith so that your work of the Spirit becomes commonplace in our life. So that your work of the Spirit becomes so commonplace in Whitechapel Church, in Warner Christian Academy, that tons of people are drawn to you, not to us. Lord, increase our faith is our cry. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. Jesus again here said, it's according to your faith it will be done to you. I celebrate the fact that there have been dozens and dozens of leaders who operated on their faith. And even though they didn't see any of this that we see today, they said, we know the dream that God actually has for us. Let's move forward. Lord, use our faith to accomplish whatever it is that you desire right here in this ministry of Whitechapel Church in South Daytona. So from today forward, I want to challenge you to dream God's dreams. Don't live off the dreams of the past. There's some amazing dreams. Don't, don't live off of the past, but let God dream through you right now. Amen. He desires to have that type of relationship with you so that as he deposits or places his dream within you, that that builds your faith so that you operate under the anointing of God's Holy Spirit on your life to achieve his dreams for this place. And there are some amazing people in the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, even to today, of people that took hold of God's dreams. 
We've shared the story this morning of Abraham, how God said to him, you're going to be a father of an amazing nation despite not having any kids. And then, of course, there was Joseph, who was the leader that saved his entire country because he took hold of God's dreams. We could tell stories of Daniel, of Paul, of Nehemiah, and Esther, and David, all inspiring dreamers for God, but none of them dreamed their own dreams. They all dreamed the dreams of God and allowed their faith to compel them to move them forward in the dreams that God had for them and those around them. So I want to show you a short video that is a little bit of the history from a few of you that are still here, a part of this ministry. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about that in just a moment. I was probably seven or eight years old, so I was a late 60s. We've been here 45 years this August. I've been here about 70 years. Yeah, I was six when we came. It's amazing when you think back, but it's almost 40 years, and it doesn't even seem like that. You know, it time goes by so fast. This will be my 33rd year at Warner, my 38th year of teaching. Well, uh, Don and I got married in, in the sanctuary here in uh, July of 2000, oh, not 2000, uh, July 1970. Uh, but we moved here with our, our son in December of 1972. So it's almost 50 years. Well, there's one thing, but there are people that are my fondest memories, those that really invested in me, just the experiences and the relationships and playing sports here and growing up here. In 37 years, that's very hard to pick one. Yeah. But one of the things that I think about is I think about the elementary um, spring programs that we had every May. To hear them sing, it would just give you chills. The, the first day that we actually got into the new building across the parking lot, because that building it took a long time before we actually got in there. I remember that day when we moved our stuff in there and we were all settled. It was just like, wow. When Steve and I got engaged, because we were a surprise. I met him the first day and I knew immediately we were gonna get married, but he didn't know that it took him a little bit of time. Um, but three years later, we got married and nobody really even knew we were dating. And so all the kids were so surprised and everything. It was a really, really fun time. So we always said we were high school sweethearts. We didn't, we met in the high school. We weren't in high school, so. <laughs> when I was eight, I gave my heart to the Lord in the Berkowitz Chapel, which was then the main sanctuary. And uh, on an Easter Sunday, so I can still look and see right there at the uh, altar where I met. I met my husband here, was married here, raised my children here. So it's, it's, there's just so many, it's hard to, to narrow it down to just one. That was a hard one because I can't pick one. Uh, there's so, so many. Uh, when we came to the church, we came because of Warner Christian Academy. Our boys started the fifth grade there. The boys started youth group and they gave their heart to the Lord. We had two sons and um, we followed suit. We rededicated our life to the Lord and we were all baptized as a family. So that is one of my really fond memories of it. I've thought about that a lot. Uh, the Christmas tree, um, our Sunday school class and the partnership that the church 
and the school, of course, had in raising my children. Those are very fond memories. The fondest memory was when my daughter and my father-in-law were baptized at the same time. Well, I know I saw the Lord's hand move when we were able to get the property that used to be a drive-in next door to us. Yeah, but I, yeah, there was a big, it was just a big drive-in theater lot there. Yeah, well, having a large piece of property right next to the church become available. Of course, I think the, the members of the church and the pastors really prayed it into the availability, if you would. We were building the elementary buildings. You know, this was done with volunteer labor. One of the one of the men that was helping his old, older gentleman, and he looked over at the drive-in theater. It was there. We were digging footers. He says, someday this will all, it's kind of like a TV scene, someday this, this will belong to us, to the church, and we'll have that. For a few years, we had looked at that property kind of longingly that we would love to have that. It was such an open space. The whole church marched around the uh, driving theater. We all just left the sanctuary, and we prayed and marched around, we prayed over that land being prayer walked by members of the church, praying that, that the Lord would give us that land. And uh, of course, that happened. It was like the Lord just lifted the mountain or just moved the mountains out of the way. We don't need to take this all for granted. There were sacrifices made. That was, that was perhaps the most incredible sign of movement that I've seen in my lifetime. That was just a, a really amazing time. Yeah, we were having a baptism. At that time, the church was um, growing rapidly. We were probably six to 800 at that point. And the, anybody wants to be baptized. And I remember Melvin Robinson wanting to get baptized. Melvin come down and all the way through back to the stairs here, you know, and walk down the aisle. And Mel didn't walk. Mel ran down the aisle. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't planned to be baptized that Sunday, is my understanding. And then we see him running. Just ran up to the fore and just didn't go through the back. He jumped over into the water from the stage. And uh, closing off. <laughs> in, in his... Uh, son to go to meet and close, you know. He just jumped. I just feel like the Lord wants me to jump in the baptism. It was a, it was a real great experience. Yes, I, I will not forget that. That was, yeah, that's embedded in my mind too. It was phenomenal, and it's just like etched in my mind. I'll never forget that. And that was the one of the you know very impactful, exciting moments to see someone that excited for the Lord and that excited to give their life and. And, bat and be baptized. I remember Warner's birth. I remember um, it began in a little red schoolhouse across the street. So we started out small and then look where we are today. It's just amazing. Um, of course, Warner Christian has a wonderful uh, reputation. We have a legacy here. Of course, my children were, went K through 12 here, both of them. And so, uh, that impact on their lives is still being felt. Our daughter was born and um, she started here in K-4 and graduated. And Kyle, he started here in the nursery and he went through eighth grade. So for a while, you know, the four of us lived here, you know. We all got in the car. Including weekends. Together. <laughs> so this greatly impacted us. Um, and now our two grandsons go here, yay, yay. <laughs> 
Well, I think the impact that Warner had um, has carried me through my life. It really gave me the foundation and the base for my Christian walk. It's one thing to go to church. It was something different to go to a Christian school and have Bible taught every day and go to chapels and have teachers who were Christians and would walk with you and talk with you about the Lord. And I, I think that impact just really laid the foundation for my life. I have seen it grow so much. I mean, obviously, Warner has always been an integral part of Whitechapel. It's been, you know, the largest ministry of the church. Of students that have made an impact um, in the community as well. If you go to Halifax Hospital, there is a doctor there that's the head of the, the uh, robotic um, surgery department for gynecology, and he has a brother who's also there. Um, my personal doctor is a student I had in ninth grade in his first, my very first year teaching, and he is my doctor today. And then I think about the numerous people that, that are involved in ministry. I currently am editing a book that one of my former students is writing. I've got others who have edited other newspapers because through journalism, teachers and everything, their lives are amazing. All the things that God's done. I mean, I remember Steve talking about students who came here who were Jewish that now are Christians and God's kingdom is like that. We have no idea how far reaching, how huge it is. And, and so this ministry is gonna be something that only from heaven's view will we really get a view of what in the world God was doing. Um, being a church that's 90 years old and a school that's 50 years old, when you start doing the math and the people that would have been just going to the school over those years, um, it's a lot of people. So it has a rich, rich heritage and history. Been here 90 years and it's, it's amazing to me, you know, God's not done with us yet. I'd like to see us just totally surrender to what God has for the church and the school. So this needs to be a place of refuge for families as well as for the students. And I, and I feel like the, the, uh, the harvest is, is, is gonna be very big. And he's calling us to truly be a refuge of grace. But a thousand leaders would come out of this church, Christian men and women that would become leaders um, throughout the area and throughout the world. I think that is still the vision. I still think God is using this ministry for that. I believe God's gonna do some really great and amazing things. Um, with Whitechapel and Warner Christian Academy. And I really and truly believe it is in its glory days right now. And I, I just know that there's, that he's not finished. We're, we're gonna move forward. Um, but I'm happy to see that there's a, a focus once again on developing leaders and young people and sending them out. And I'm excited to see it continue. I think we're gonna see a lot of growth, um, spiritually and numerically. and. Um, I just want to be a part of it. And I'm just, um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I just believe in him with all my heart. And I'm thankful to be a little tiny part of that. I love my church. And uh, I want to surrender, you know, totally. What he has for us. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.